Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot Z-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, joining you on Oilers Now. A OPT for the Edmonton Oilers over at uh, Rogers Place, lightly attended. Tomorrow, Edmonton and the Minnesota Wild. They're a good team. Oilers are going to have to be infinitely superior to what they were last night. Uh, it was not pretty, but they were all in it together. That's one way to look at it. Uh, guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 99.90 Jasper Avenue, the 99th Roos Chris open. Tell Brendan, Chris, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. They're open now Wednesday through Sunday from 5 to 10 p.m. As we bring aboard our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy legacy Heating and Cooling. And we head off to uh, Chief Political Correspondent, uh, Department of uh, Player Safety Evaluator, <laughs> and uh, NHL insider on the show. Uh, n- uh, not in... I, I, I got a chuckle out of that today. You said you're not in person for the hearing today, so your suspension yeah. is limited to uh, five appearances or less. John Shannon. John, how you doing? Actually, the, the people might be being punished are the ones listening, uh, Bob. So. No, well, yeah, well, they, they experience that on a daily basis on this show, so there you have it. Yeah, you. Good. Well, well, what did you make it last night, or have you already told everybody? Yeah, I kind of told everybody. I mean, they weren't very good, top to bottom. Not much going on. And really, for three straight games, I mean, let's face it, John, they were lucky to get the victory against Pittsburgh because they were completely outplayed through the first 40 minutes, and uh, they got a puncher's chance, thanks in part from their goaltender, Miko Koskinen, turned it on in the third. And Pittsburgh also played an up-tempo game. Pittsburgh wasn't sitting back. Uh, Seattle went right after Edmonton's defense, and uh, despite not having Everly and Schwartz and the Oilers worked their way back into that one. And last night was, well, you know, they just, L.A. came with the right game plan. And they, they that look, you know what, that looked like 39-22 were the final shots and the final score was 5-1. That looked like uh, L.A. and Edmonton circa 2012 to 2014. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. There was some, uh, there was a bit of big body hockey last night. Uh, the one thing, and I know that it has been a refrain on the station uh, and, uh, on all the social platforms, but uh, it really would be nice for them to score the first goal once in a while. Yeah, well, look what happened in Vegas when they got the first three. 
Exactly. And they you know, ca- and, and they counterstruck against Vegas. That's what was interesting. Vegas. If I was playing, if I was coaching against Edmonton, I'd force their defense to make plays, yeah. and I'd be prepared to outbattle. During, and, and John, right now, they're bottom six forwards. This, like we thought, it was improved this year, and it was through the first five games with Ryan Fogle and Cassian. Cassian, yeah. And the last eighteen games, it is ugly. I mean, it's really like John. They're getting killed there. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's funny when you say that because I don't think a game changes quicker for any team in the league. Uh, when the Oilers score first, because it it creates such a level of panic on the other team that they know they have you know with, with the offensive power that the Oilers have, if they if they give up a second one, uh, then you know they they're in such a hole. But it, it's just these slow starts that I that you're concerned about, and and I mentioned it last night to Reed in the pregame show was, hey, when you got this six game homestand and you got good teams coming to town. And then you got the World Junior road trip. My goodness gracious! It's uh, this is this is a really important part of the schedule for the Edmonton Oilers, particularly when you look at how well the Flames have played on the road this year, and what they've been able to do away from the Saddle Dome. Uh, to me, that's going to put a ton of pressure on this hockey club because you can't rely on home games all the time. You have to be able to win on the road, and the Oilers have done that. Uh, but between now and January 8th, uh, when they got this game and then just the one game, I think, against Anaheim before Christmas, that's going to be a real challenge for this hockey club. Yeah, they got, uh, I mean, they still got obviously the six, they got five games left in this homestand, the game against Anaheim, and then they're gone for a while. Uh, a couple things. In past years, they beat the teams who they were supposed to beat under Dave Tippett. For the this year, we have not seen that. You know, they've dropped games in Detroit, dropped games in Buffalo, dropped the undermanned Seattle squad, and Todd McClellan's LA team had won one of their previous eight games. So, you know, that that's a little bit. They, they've tended to play better against the better teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been pretty good on the road the last two years, and this year, obviously nine and two at home. They're still above five hundred on the road, John. They're nine and five on the road, but that was. Uh, and I, I'm going to throw it out there to our listeners as well. You can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. For me, I have a real concern of what we're seeing out of the bottom six because it's. Yeah, t- I know, uh, but you know, swoons are. Uh, you know, it's funny. We we've seen the same thing in Winnipeg. Winnipeg went through this for the last two and a half weeks after the, uh, the the back-to-back against the Oilers. the Winnipeg went into a swoon that, that way. Uh, and they've come out of it pretty well in the last two games against New Jersey and then against the Maple Leafs last night. Uh, and and you, you can't expect a team to play at the elite level all the time, no. particularly when injury, particularly where injuries are starting to, and, and injuries are hitting everybody, Bob. You know that. Uh, so, you know, we, we know some guys are banged up, still trying to play. Other guys aren't able to make it, and then you know, you know. But you know, Darnell back last night. I think that's going to be a positive when it comes to playing against Minnesota tomorrow night. So, uh, it, uh, I mean, the, we're, we're not saying the sky is falling, uh, but it's a little overcast right now. Yeah, there's no question. And you know, you weren't going to go all year without losing games and back-to-back nights. Um, any interest in Riley Nash? $750,000 uh, waived today by the Winnipeg Jets. 53% face-offs, right shot, and 49% Corsi, which is not bad for a bottom six forward. Uh, you know the story. 
didn't want to earn his way up the lineup here, was not guaranteed a spot coming out of uh, look for a new opportunity when the Oilers drafted him 21st overall back in 20, uh, 2007. And it's had a pretty lengthy NHL career. I played both games against the Oilers when the Jets played the Oilers, and they placed him on waivers today. Yeah, but only played because of injury. Uh, only only played those Oiler games because of somebody else not being 100%. Um, and, and so my question is, and, and I, I understand your logic and your numbers make some sense, uh, my question would be, and I, it would be one that if I was sitting in the room with, with, with uh, the Brain Trust, I'd say, well, if he's not good enough to play in Winnipeg, how is he good enough to play in Edmonton? And, and, and what could Dave Tippett and Glenn Gullitson get out of Riley Nash uh, that Paul Maurice and his guys couldn't? And that becomes – some guys just run out of tread. Right, yeah. And when you look at you look at Nash's career, it's been a really impressive career, and he had some really good nights in Columbus, particularly his last big stop. But you know, now he's battered and bruised. I don't I mean, did he play a game for the Maple Leafs, even though he was a Maple Leaf for that short period of time? I, I'm not I, sure he did. I think he might have played one. Um, but but then the Winnipeg experiment was there was a chance, and they were trying to re- remember they were trying to replace Thompson and Lewis. Uh, with an experienced guy, and quite frankly, what they found was that he wasn't fast enough. And I, I, I as I say, if if he can't play in Winnipeg, why would he be good enough to play in Edmonton? Well, there's, uh, you know, it's funny you mention that because, and he's not on waivers, but there's a guy in Arizona named Johan Larson, who, who to me is yeah, the former Saber. Yeah, he and he's a younger guy, and he's got a little nastiness in his game, and would give a team. And don't forget, they're getting Devin Shore back as well. But right now, between Turris. Perlini and Benson, they're not getting a lot of those spots. Now, we're talking about a center with Nash, and it's got like, hey, I'm the biggest Derek Ryan fan there's been. I believed he could play in the NHL. He's had, he had a good first you have, five. You, you're, it's so bad with you. You have the secret decoder ring. Yeah, well, and, and I'm telling you, he'd be the first to tell you he has been no, I mean, the numbers are ugly. He's minus 13. Uh, I, I, I had somebody independent break down the goals against when he was on the ice, and he thought contributed to about four of them. So a couple times low in support, couple times lost puck battles he's having a, some might say that Riley Nash is too much like Derek Ryan you know two guys that are kind yeah. of strong yeah. they're both fourth line guys I, I would actually have more trust in Ryan than I would Nash right now okay. I really would I I, I like his I, I, th- I like his tenacity better I also like his ability to kill penalties at times so but hey listen on the other hand um, I mean look at the found money they've that the Oilers have created in Colton Sevier yeah, I mean, that's been a real positive out of this. I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, and maybe I'm just relying on my my years of experience of being around the game. I'm still waiting for Brendan Perlini to come get out of the funk. You know, I just, uh, I, I, you see the size of this guy, you see the tools that he has, and you're just shaking your head. Why can't he play at a at a, at a higher level? Used his body a couple of times in the last couple of games that he's played. But, man, oh, man, I'd like to see more. What was his reputation, John, coming out of junior? I mean, he was a 12th overall pick back in 2014. Oh, no, no. This guy this guy was... He was a goal scorer, know, right? He was he was a big-time goal scorer, and he was physical. You know, he played in Niagara when Connor played in Erie. Okay. Uh, and and they, were, uh, they were rivals. They were rivals. And Niagara used to give Erie fits all the time. Um, but it it just has not been able to man itself manifest itself at the National League level. All right, so he's a goal scorer. John, in his last 53 NHL games, he's got one goal. Oh, I know. No, I know. So. And that's why you bounce around. 
Yeah. That's why you bounce around you, in the end. All right. Uh, we're going to hit on a guy who a call-up that has performed uh, well and opened up some eyes. A defenseman that's got an intangible that none of the other orders prospect D have, and that's a bit of bite, and he's six foot five. Your thoughts on Marcus Niemelainen? Uh, I was surprised he wasn't in the lineup. Um, and I, whoa, 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 whoa. I yeah. what do you mean before? Like you, you thought he would have been recalled before Lagason? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I mean in the last few games when he hasn't played. I was, no, you know, Niemelainen. You know, played yeah. every game since his yeah. recall. Oh, okay. No, I, well, actually, I'm I'm sorry. I'm confusing he with Lagason. Okay. So I and but Nino, no, I and I mentioned this last night with Reed um, uh, that I, he his physical play alone to me is one of the reasons why he has to stay in the lineup. And he's he's been he's been a a bit of an epiphany for me. Uh, and when you think at the times that Dave Tippett has been able to use both Broberg and Nivellinen at times late in games, uh, that, that's a real positive for this hockey club. Yeah, no question. All right, so I'm with you there. That brings us to Alan Walsh. Uh, Alan, yeah, Alan, I, Alan. I saw, I saw the tweet this morning. All right, so so here's here's my angle is I'll say this about Allen. He's consistent. He stuck up for number one goaltender, Marc-Andre Fleury, who he thought, quote-unquote, was getting stabbed in the back in Vegas. And that guy's culture part of their team. He's a leader on that team. And he's also, to his credit for his client, I think he's wrong in terms of what he had to say, but to the credit for his client, he's also sticking up for an organizational 8-9-10 defenseman that's been waved through the league. That's my perspective. What about yours? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, whether Lagason can play or not, that is Dave Tippett's decision, and that's not yours or mine or Allen's. Right. Uh, how how that I, I can't speak to how that was managed uh, yesterday or any day that Lagason didn't play. Um, but it, what you what you when you sign with Allen, what you get is you get um, a man who is. Uh, has the words of his conviction to help you survive in the world of the National Hockey League. And it's not just Marc-Andre Fleury. Look what he's done with and stuck by Jonathan Drouin over the years, even all the way back to junior hockey and then to Tampa uh, and getting him to Montreal. Uh, I mean, you, you talk to any of Allen's clients, um, guys like Max Pacioretty, uh, they will they will go to the wall for Walsh as much as Walsh goes for the wall for them. I mean, and so that's that's part of the culture of the game now. And and Allen, more than any any other agent, has been able to use social media to create a platform to help promote his players. If if there's a if there's a reason uh, that needs to be said, Allen will do it. Now, the one thing I can tell you, I and and Allen probably would deny this, but I don't think that Allen says anything without consultation of his player. Yeah. Um, and so that uh, you know, they're they're one way or the other. Hopefully, there's a bridge to be mended uh, between uh, the coaches and and Lagason, and they can uh, they can move forward. And and can Lagason contribute? Again, that's up to Dave Tippett. Yeah, and and I just think based on what I heard out of Bakersfield earlier this year. In a meritocracy, Niemelainen would have been called up before Lagason. So Lagason did get a bit of a break here, and Niemelainen's come up and provided a physical impetus. All right, speaking of physical impetus, Neil Pionk, uh, and we'll get to McDavid thing as well, but we got two that are on the uh, books right now for the Department of Player Safety, and nobody's as plugged in as you are. Look, Neil Pionk's a hard player, and he hits guys low. And that was an ugly one last night uh, with with Sandine, and it ended up resulting in a 
collateral situation in which there was a response by Spezza. It needs to be stated. If the, it, He should have received a significant call against him on the ice. That was an ugly, cheap play. And he's a guy that's kind of gotten away with low bridging guys before. What's going to be the suspension first for Pionk? Then what's going to be the suspension for Jason Spezza, who went out of his way with a finishing blow attempt in retaliation, which, frankly, I got to tell you, if I'm a Maple Leafs fan, I don't have that much of a problem with it. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. No, but I tell you what, they're going to miss Jason Spezza for five games. Yeah. They're, they're going to miss him. He's been that good. Uh, you know, I know John Tavares is the captain, but uh, he, Bob, I can assure you that there, there's no louder voice in the Maple Leaf dressing room than Jason Spezza. Well, and you can educate. Like, he was all over the negotiations for the, uh, playing back in the bubble and getting started up uh, in 2020, uh, and, wasn't and not, and not only that, it, 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 first of all, I, I, think, I think Pianco will get three games. Okay. And I think Jason will get the five. Um, but let me let me just tell you one little story. Um the American League last year was a let's face it it was it was a hard place to play um, and it was a hard place to earn a living and Jason Spezza um, sat, stood up in his own dressing room with the Maple Leafs dressing room and and said to his teammates we've got to help our AHL brothers we've got to contribute some money and they created a fund of the NHL players who make significantly more than the American League players do to disperse some money to the American League team because when you're in Toronto, rents aren't cheap. And people were expected to pay, basically pay for twenty-five to $30,000 a year on a prorated basis in the American League. And Jason Spezza stood up in front of everybody and said, we've got to contribute to these guys. And by the way, Jason Spezza making the minimum in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Oilers could use a guy that's got gamesmanship like that. Yeah, yeah, every team could. Every team could. And that's one of the reasons I think that they keep Jason they they've had Jason come back again is that yeah. uh I, I think he I he I think Jason's like a fine wine in many ways as a leader and as someone in the room when you, when you say I want to acquire a a veteran player uh when he, you can bring the attributes to the game that Spezza does and by the way can still shoot the puck man can still shoot the you know puck. what they should do, John? Then that's a winner. But they, he, but listen, he listen he he wore out his welcome in Dallas. Yeah. It didn't work in Dallas. He was too slow in Dallas, and yet in Toronto he appears to be much more engaged, much more involved. So it's it's not not as simple as he's always been this way. I mean, he was on the end of that huge contract in Dallas, and he wasn't playing very well. He was full. That's what he it was. was. He was full. Uh, just so the listeners are aware, what happened is. Uh, Pionk stuck his knee out on, on uh, Sandine. Sandine, yeah. Blew him up. Ugly hit. Pionk stayed in the game after a couple of Leafs went after him, and then Spezza got the opportunity, and Pionk tried to – he was going down on the play, and, yeah. and Spezza tr- absolutely steamrolled. And, you know, again, I got no pr- – I wished the Oilers had a couple guys that would occasionally – I mean, we're, we're watching Zach Cassian right now, and I, I, we all like Zach. It's a great story in terms of what he's achieved off the ice, but you got to string together four or five good games in a row. And it just, he's been non impactful. That's, I mean, it, it is what it is, John. Yep. Yeah. It, it, listen, Zach knows what he needs to do. Yep. Uh, but if Zach starts to think that he's a playmaker, then we've got a problem. Yeah. All right. John, great stuff. Oh, we didn't even talk about McDavid. Hey, it's a major penalty. Uh, I know there's been stuff missed before. There was one in Anaheim somewhat similar where he got pitched for it in the boards from behind. You nope. actually thought it was a major penalty, huh? You didn't think it was a major penalty. 
Uh, maybe I'm biased. Maybe I just like the guy too much. Maybe, uh, you know. Uh, I, well, here's the I thing. I heard Louie. I had Louie. I got a ton of respect for Louie and, 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 and a ton of respect for you. So you, you were closer to it than I was. Uh, I was trying to watch four games at the same time. Here, here's my problem with it. This, I, it was probably a major, but the spirit of the rule, when the guy doesn't move a shift, uh, doesn't miss a shift, he's back on the ice in the power play right away, and they're explaining, oh, he's hurt, and he never – Never misses a shift. Yeah, There's yeah. something in the spirit of the rule with that call that I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's face it. The Oilers were never going to recover from the five-minute major anyway. No. Uh, and if that's what you said it was, rather than a two-minute boarding penalty, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I, it's one of those ones where, you know, it's Connor's under the spotlight all the time, whether yeah. he's trying to create penalties or he's, or he's, he's, he's the guy doing the penalty. Mm-hmm situation too so i don't know i don't know i i i, I he still I mean, doesn't I get enough calls my but there, my bias to connor is such that i probably i probably would have thought it was a, a two-minute boarding penalty but fair enough you know what that's an argument there let's find out from listeners you can text us at 780-496-006 yeah, i'm just gonna say i'm full of it that's all and i'm a homer well they say i'm a homer and full of it too so well, there and, you I, and i don't even live there so all right, John. Hey, take care. Uh, I, and I was going to say, how about Jason Spezza replace Colin Campbell when he steps down in a year or two? Uh, Jason Spezza has a place in the game, as far as I'm concerned, anytime. Yeah. Anytime. We yeah. didn't even talk about Bruce Boudreau. What's going on? Well, Holy smokes. We're, we're up against the clock. We've gone like 23 minutes here, John. <laughs> Great stuff. Take care. See you later. 12.55 at Edmonton. I'll bang off a couple texts when we return, and then we'll open up the phone lines at 1 o'clock. You're listening to Oilers now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it is 1257 in Edmonton. Do you want to tell you? And we just wrapped up an Oilers Now road trip to Seattle. It's great seeing everybody Friday afternoon before the game. And we've got a beauty of a uh, kicker trip coming up to Smashville, Nashville, Music City, Nash Vegas. You can join New West Travel, four-night roadie. To see the Oilers play the Preds, it takes place in April. This package includes non-stop flights with Flair Airlines. Four nights in a deluxe hotel, great game ticket, and a welcome reception with special guests all for $1,750. Join the Nashville road trip. Call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. Gary says, Bob, that penalty on McDavid on the Ashley Fine Floors text line wasn't a penalty. It wasn't a major penalty, and is he wasn't injured. If they said he was injured, he should have been out of the game. I used to play and officiate it, and unless I'm missing something, boarding isn't when the player is against the boards. It's when the player is away from the boards and pushed into the boards. If you want it to be a penalty, it could have been roughing or a check from behind. But as a boarding, says Gary, who says he was an official, I disagree. Uh, this text comes in saying, absolutely with John Shannon on the McDavid call. As much as I like Louie, I wish he'd kept his mouth shut regarding the boarding call. Again, you can text us. Uh, Louie's a homer. He said after Connor hit Kempe, that's the type of hit they want out of hockey. Are you kidding me? I didn't even think it was a penalty. It was sold by Kempe. What a joke. Do you think the refs are trying to manage Connor because he's not a fan of how they're calling the game? Because I'm sure others... Uh, others uh, say the same thing. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Doug says, sorry, Bob, Connor deserved a major. If he'd been getting hit from behind uh, and came up leaking, you would have been screaming bloody murder, and the player would have been suspended for 10 games from Doug. Off to a global news weather traffic update. We'll open up the phone lines. 780-496-0063. When we come back, Eileen Bell up next with the news. 
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.